can. Your gateway into the world of financial freedom. All right, welcome to the first ever episode of Cash Me If You Can. I'm your host Pandan and I'm humbled to have this opportunity in starting this podcast. Before I begin, here's a huge shout out to Oyen for the logo. Amazing work, man. I'm genuinely grateful. And to Devatra for coming up with the name. Thank you, as always. So, to set forward and put things into perspective, this in itself is a show about money. From financial markets to fiscal policies, from the next big jump in crypto to discovering the wonders of compounding and anything in between, we'll cover it all. Without any further detention, allow me to elucidate on today's topic, the liquidity trap. Okay, I would uh, like to start by citing an old French proverb. It is a wise man who lives with money in the bank. It is a fool who dies that way. And as Joel Greenblatt would go on to say, the secret to investing is to figure out the value of something and then pay a lot less. See, the reason I wanted to go about this topic first, especially knowing that most of my audience will be Zoomers and that I could hook up a catchy topic that makes no sense for more listens to this episode, is, is like, when I was out seeking financial advice, I either met fake Instagram gurus who tried to convince their audience they were multimillionaires just to be able to sell courses to drive them towards actually being millionaires, which is hilarious if you think about it for a moment. And the other type were 40-year-old boomer uncles who, with all due respect, are in no way entwined enough with our generation to give us financial advice. So, okay, let me, let me give you a really appropriate example. Um, I came across this uh, one person on YouTube whose video tagline is essentially to set Gen Z on a financial discourse in the alerting years. So uh, I, I clicked on the video and all he talked about was how he would mm, rush to pay off his home loan as quickly as possible um, as it is reducing his cash flow. And at, at first approach, that might sound like the right thing to do, but allow me to contradict you. Let's say you are in your mid-twenties, probably looking forward to owning your first residential or rental property. And it is likely that you are in an intermediate state of your life or perhaps getting started, be it with your business or job or whatever your source of income may be. So let's assume you are voracious enough to buy a house in the stage of your life. Uh, so you hypothetically take a loan of 30 lakh INR for 25 years at a rate of 6.75% which is the current home loan rate as I'm recording this. So, assuming the other variables remain constant, your monthly EMI should be about 21,000 rupees, roughly. Now, if we were to go by the traditional financial guru's advice or any traditional advice for that matter, you should pay off more every month and clear off the debt because it's a debt, right? I mean, that is one of the ingrained policies of home ownership, especially in this country. Like, even as I I grew up, I have heard this, if you have a debt, pay it off as soon as possible. Especially, like, you have to own your house first till, like, the house is fully yours. We, we hear this a lot. Um, so, assuming your monthly income is 65,000 INR, 
post tax deduction which is you will be left with about 44k in hand after the regular home loan emi uh now let's say you decide to live frugally and pay 10k more per month towards your home loan that is 31k each month for the emi and this is very common practice especially in india and by this rate you would be paying off the loan in about 11 years that is 14 years less you would point out again allow me to contradict you so now let's assume all the above mentioned variables remain the same and you still decide to live on 34k a month obviously your salary would go up in the coming years but we are simplifying it for the sake of the podcast and so instead of paying off the loan with the 10 grand extra every month you invested in a low cost index fund with an average market return of 13.5% which keep in mind is a conservative figure for a developing economy like india and at the end of the 25 year period not only will you have eventually paid off your loan but also end up making a stellar 2 crore 18 lakh 80000 121 rupees in compound interest that is just in interest and your principal amount of 30 lakhs that will put your total to around 2.5 crore in net value like even if i had to factor in inflation and all the other constraints that is still a relatively high amount for the money which you would have given to the bank of all people so see now your argument might be that you would want to pay off the loan as early as possible and then invest the amount you were investing and the additional amount in total and here is why that wouldn't work either so let's say you pay off your loan in 11 years and assuming the other variables don't change you can be investing 31k each month in the very same low cost index fund the example i gave you before but if you go by the calculations by the 25th year you will gain around 1 crore 2 lakh and 57000 in return and like the interest and your total amount will be at uh, 1 crore 55 uh, lakh to be exact so yeah i did a lot of calculations for this and yeah that that was a lot so um by year 25 you gain 1 crore 54 lakh 64000 compound interest that's well and fine but that is still 94 lakh 15062 rupees less than what you would have made by investing just 10 grand over a period of 25 years rather than rushing to pay off your loan see paying off the loan um it 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 might be the end goal for some people um and they might have their reasons for it for some people maybe uh for security or a bet against uncertainty whatever that may be but that is also exactly the point i am trying to make us being so young and starting early puts us into a very exploratory position in our lives we do not have to be looking for financial stability in our 20s to gratify our less financially educated acquaintances rather build a well grounded financial foundation to gratify our own selves in the long run and this out of many other things proves how so much financial advice available on the internet is consumed and misinterpreted by the wrong demographic while we are at this and the topic of the home loan came up here's a hot takeaway that you should keep in mind before getting in any kind of debt be it a credit card loan or a financial loan okay you see 
Traditional financial education quantifies any debt as bad or pushes it towards the negative end of the spectrum, while the truth lies far away from it. In reality, there are two kinds of debts, good and bad. To simplify, let's just say a good debt is any debt which can yield more return of interest on the loan itself, just like how the home loan is at 6.75% and you can find other alternatives offering high rate of interest to supersede that and in turn multiply your money. And that is not even like factoring in how your equity is growing in the real estate because real estate is appreciating over time. So you are building up equity while you are paying off your loan. I didn't even touch that in the previous example. Just, just, just hit me. And okay, what is bad debt then? Well, the exact opposite. If per se your credit card charges 14.5% interest for your EMI, whereas the mean market return you're getting off your investments is 13.5%. That is a bad debt since your investments cannot supersede the percentage of money you have to pay as interest. See, the day you will understand the fundamentals of asset allocation using debt as a leverage, it's a day you, me and all of us will understand how money works. So mind you, that will take some time to get used to. But for now, effectively what you just learned is the very first step towards asset creation in the long run. Let's not even start with the standard of basic financial education in this country, where more than 90% Indians think keeping their money in the bank is an effective hedge against inflation, or even fixed deposits for that matter. I do not want to stagnate this with numbers and repo rates and all that, but that leads me to the name of the episode. Why the liquidity trap of everything? Well, according to studies conducted by Business Standard and Financial Express, the number one reasons why Indians choose to keep their money highly liquidated is, in lack of a better word, no one taught them about an emergency fund. While we go further, I would like to demonstrate exactly what an emergency fund is with an example as this is a very valuable lesson of your fundamentals of money. Let's just say there are two people in play, Nitin and Suresh. Um, considering both of their monthly income is 35k and let's just uh, say both of them are avid investors but with a catch. While Nathan invests 8k every month without fail into a senior citizen recurring deposit under his mother's name, yielding 6.2% in interest as he considers the market too unsafe or volatile or liquid, whatever it may be. Suresh, on the other hand, decides to save up 2k every month in a senior citizen recurring deposit, which gives him an interest of 6.2%, like I said, in the case of Nitin. But that is nowhere close to the stock market's 14% average, but still something nonetheless. At least it's better than savings accounts. So he, he invests the other 6k into the market, which averages at 14% ROI, which is very basic for India. Now in the 10th year, let's say a recession hits and both of them lose their jobs for the next 10 months. Yeah, it's sad, but it, it can happen. It happens all the time. And in, in such a dire situation, considering their monthly expense will be 30k per month by then, factoring in inflation. Uh, okay, like both of them will have to withdraw 3 lakhs from their savings, investments, whatever you will call it. So Nitin will have to withdraw 3 lakhs from his RD, resulting in his remaining balance to be 10 lakh and 32,000 if I did my calculations right. And 
in the same situation, Suresh will also have to withdraw Sri Lanka NR because you you cannot just not pay. And after doing that, he will still be left with sixteen lakhs five thousand six hundred one rupees. See, uh, it is already evident that the market generates a significantly higher percentage of return, which along with longer time can result in serious wealth creation if you play the game right. But you might also ask, why shouldn't anyone just go all in without having an emergency fund? The recurring deposit in this case is Suresh's emergency fund. Well, even for this very example in which they lose their jobs, there can be numerous expenses on a daily basis which you have to subside. You cannot just not pay for your groceries or medicines just because you are waiting for your um, stock broker to return the amount to your account after you have sold your stocks, and that can be a process of three four business days. And even during a recession, the stocks will be down. It's a well known fact. As I will later stress on this again, liquidity to some extent is very important, and you cannot just not have any liquid cash and go all in for equity. Hence, all the more proving the importance for emergency funds. See, it doesn't have to be a recurring deposit. It can be a highly liquid mutual fund. It can be a short-term debt fund, which you keep multiplying. The discretion is up to you. And I'm also sure, like as we progress with this podcast, you will eventually be able to figure out what is suited for you very well. And the most important aspect will still be up for you. to not get caught in the very same liquidity trap like nitin and invest amounts adequate enough so that they aren't of any hindrance to your financial freedom well over 90% of indians still use traditional methods such as fixed deposits and recurring deposits to store their wealth the fact that my country is yet so uninformed about the risk management and basics of wealth creation is alarming as well as disheartening at the same time the fact that so many people simply choose to ignore uh, that the longer you are in the market the less riskier it becomes and for a fact let me tell you the percentage of people who have been invested in the market for over 10 years and lost money is close to zero and as the saying goes time in the market beats timing the market remember this by the way this has been true ever since modern economics existed of course you need liquidity for an emergency like life can be very uncertain but keeping your money idle while it loses 7% year on year 7% that's india's average rate of inflation yeah that that fails to make any sense like uh, as i'm recording this uh, we just we just uh, got the news that this year's like uh, wholesale inflation rate is 12.94% 12.94% for a single fiscal year pause and think about it for a second you are losing you will be losing about 13% the value of your money in one single year without even trying to spend it like it's mind boggling see the goal for my podcast is very specific to create and nourish a financially informed audience who will take the leap when needed i am not here to ask you to trade stocks or trade in general because i am not particularly fond of trading it is not my thing and i would especially urge you not to trade if you are just starting out without proper knowledge or technically analyzing stocks like get rich quick schemes in the stock markets as you say in fact if you are starting out i will advise you to not pick stocks even like you should wait for my next episode 
uh, I will be covering everything in depth. But on a serious note, you shouldn't be picking stocks. You should be going for index funds or mutual funds. I will elucidate on that in the next episode. Um, and see, all I want to ensure is no one loses the value, like loses their money, which is idle anyways. Like where they could have multiplied it, basically eliminating their guilt factor. And now that we are somewhat clear, here's the takeaway. Your money is losing its value if you don't make it work for you. And unless you are yourself informed enough, you cannot make it work for you either. I am not a motivational Instagram coach, nor a stockbroker. I just consider myself to be early in the game, that's all. It really doesn't matter if you're starting with 500 rupees or 50,000. My goal here will be to make sure you put your eggs in the right basket and learn to do so in the proper way. In the next episode, we will go through the basics of getting started with investing in India along with hilarious documentation of why you should start early. Like the statistics, it's hilarious. You should wait for it. And I wanted this episode to be a perspective shifter or one which makes you question what you know about money and how we can learn more together. That being said, and to sum it up, here are the four reasons why you should start investing right now. Number one is beat inflation. All my homies hate inflation. Second is wealth creation. We could be looking at some serious wealth to be created in the long run. Uh, the third point is be in a much better financial position in the later years of your life. Remember, we are playing this for the long run. And four, as the saying goes, the one who cannot manage 10 cannot manage 1000 either. So starting small now and learning the game in the process is much more important than having big bucks but not knowing what to do and end up losing it all in the process. Why do you think like the people who win lotteries lose all their monies in like three months and go bankrupt or NBA players for that matter? Like NBA players, for example, they have they have money pouring in in their 20s and by the time they're in their mid 30s, they're broke. Like they're looking for jobs. So you need to be disciplined with your money. That is the catch. Lastly, I would also emphasize on the fact how inquisitive we are for financial knowledge. And it's a very good thing. It is a good thing. Read the taboo. Every time I post a story or share a tweet, I get flooded with how to start, where to start, and why should a 17-year-old even consider investing? I'm grateful that you asked me all that and I'm humbled to have this opportunity to um, get to answer those for you. Um, well, I answer the why today, I am really excited to put forward my points for the how and where next. Don't forget to review the podcast if you're an Apple podcast and follow it on any platform you're listening to right now. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm available on both Instagram and Twitter. My handle is Neogispandan. That's N-E-O-G-Y. S-P-A-N-D-A-N. I am also in the Clubhouse app with the same handle. Follow me, drop into a room, let's engage and connect because why not? So yeah, that's all I had to say for today. Stay safe, have a great day and don't forget to spend some quality time with yourself today. See you next Sunday. Bye.